0: Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Now let's join Pastor Tim. All right, peeps. Y'all ready? Yeah. So so let me just tell you real quick, uh, I'm wrapping up the series on giving uh, with this message. I have a lot of scripture to read. You're going to deal with all that in a minute. Uh, But I also want to let you know, next weekend uh, is uh, our sixth anniversary. And so it's party time, okay? Now, if you don't like parties... Don't show up next week because we're going to have parties and we're going to have food trucks and we're going to have bounce houses and water slides. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) My whole team just went. You went too far. Don't don't say that. But we're just going to have a time to celebrate. Uh, I'm going to start a new series next week, uh, but I just want you to come in a celebratory mood next week. We have a special guest worship uh, artist with us. His name is Todd Delaney. Uh, And if you haven't heard of him, he's an incredible worship leader. We love his Uh, music. We listen to it all the time. Anybody that just can take scripture and turn it into a worship song. I like that person. Okay. So, um, uh, next week, uh, we'll celebrate, uh, today we're going to end, uh, the series I give up. And if you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to go to Exodus chapter number 35. Uh, we have been in the series, uh, for about five weeks on giving and uh, for three weeks, i taught about tithing because you can't really understand what it is to be a giver until you first learn how to be a returner. And so we talked about uh, the tithe belonging to the Lord and that the only thing you can do with the tithe is return it to him because it never belonged to you in the first place. And then uh, for the last three weeks, this being the third week, uh, we've been talking about giving. The first weekend uh, was called Before You Give. And basically, all we wanted to talk about and address is forgiveness. That in order to be a good giver, you have to be a good for giver. And, and so if you can give before, uh, you'll always be blessed to give, which is actually our second week, blessed to give. Uh, and we talk about the ways that you can give with your time, your talent and your treasure. This weekend, concluding uh, the series, I just want to talk about the three types of giving uh, in a message that I'm entitling ready to give. Ready to give. Ready to give. Let's bow our heads and pray, because uh, I'm just going to jump right into it, okay? Father God, thank you for making us ready to give. Amen. Amen. <laughs> for all the first-time visitors, I pray quick. <laughs> okay, I'm the one you went over for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> we'll eat it while it's hot. Eat it while it's <laughs> hot. Um, there's three types of giving. I'm just going to jump straight into this. There's three types of giving that I want to uh, address in this message, and I'm going to give you some scripture around it. Uh, And give you some practical ways that you can apply it. There's only three types of giving when when you're given to the Lord. Uh, And the first type of giving is uh, a sacred, sacred gift, sacred giving. Okay. And my favorite passage in the entire Bible uh, uh, that describes what it is to to just give a sacred offering or a sacred gift to the Lord is actually found in the book of Exodus chapter number 35. Starting at the fourth verse, here's what it says. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. And listen, look at this roll call, okay? Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, pearl. Can we just stop? Hey, we're about to take an offering for the Lord. Okay, what would y'all like? Some gold, okay? Some silver, okay? Some bronze, okay? And what else? Blue. (laughs) Blue what? Just blue. Purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat hair for cloth. Tanned ram skins and fine ghost skin leather acacia wood, olive oil for the lamp, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded. Now, let me pause. Last week I talked about time, talent and treasure as giftings. The first things that God asked for was treasure. But he didn't say one type of specific treasure. He said, hey, here's a lot of options for you to be able to give. If he had only said gold, some people could have said, hey, I'm out of it. I can't give that. I don't have any gold. Then he said silver. Some people could have said, I don't have any silver. Then he said, well, bronze. And some people didn't have bronze. Then he was like, cool, blue thread. (laughs) I can count the number of blue shirts in the congregation right now. He, he, he wants it. He wants everybody to be ready to give. And so he's saying, uh, I just want you to be able to participate. Whatever you have, I want you to be able to participate. That's treasure. He also asked for these talents in verse number 10. All of you that are gifted craftsmen construct everything that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, and its tent, its coverings, clasps, frames, crossbars, Post and basis, the ark and its carrying pose, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, the inner curtain to shield the ark, the table, its carrying pose and all its utensils, the bread of the presence for light, the lampstand, its accessories, the lamp cups and the olive oil for lighting, the incense altar and its carrying pose, the anointing oil and fragrant incense, the curtain for the entrance of the tabernacle, Uh, The altar of burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and its carrying poles and utensils, the wash basin with its stand, the curtains for the walls of the courtyard, the posts and their bases, the curtain for the entrance of the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and the courtyard and their robes. Can I just say God's pretty thorough? Anybody know that God can get very specific when he tells you what he wants? The beautifully stitched garments of the priest to wear while ministering in the holy place, the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priests. So the whole community, y'all get this, this is a pastor raising an offering. Y'all gotta see this because I wish more pastors would raise offerings like this. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their Tense. This is unprecedented. How many, how many churches have you been in where the pastor makes an offering a hostage negotiation? <laughs> we ain't leaving till we get this money. <laughs> and as it's coming up, they're counting what's in the basket and they're like, yeah, we're going to need 80 more dollars. <laughs> and I'm looking at the pastor with a gold watch on yeah. Gold necklace tucked into his shirt. And I'm like, you got 80 on your wrist, bro. At least just drop the, just drop the watch inside the basket. I think we're going to be good for the day. Whoever, who, who could ever think of coming into a church and they're saying, hey, uh, we want you uh, to give an offering. Now go home and pray about what to give. We don't need it today. H- here's what the Lord said that he wants. Now go home and pray about what you want to give. This next verse blows my mind. First sentence, all whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. Can I pause? Did it say everybody came back? Did it say the whole community of Israel came back and gave? No. The whole community heard it. They went home and it said all whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. Can I just pause and say God has never needed 100% participation in giving to accomplish his will. Y'all need to understand that because if he did, that meant you could hold God's vision hostage based on if you felt like giving or not. God has never needed everybody to be able to give into the vision of what he wants done for it to get done. Only those whose hearts were stirred to give brought what was necessary. And we're going to see how it plays out. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle for the performance of its rituals and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came all whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. They just came and gave. And as they gave. Everything that was supposed to be fulfilled for the building of the tabernacle was getting done. Jump down to uh, Exodus 35, 29. Here's what it says. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. Again, it never said it never said everyone gave just those that had a heart to give. Next verse. Moses gave them the materials donated, them, two dudes with great names, Aholiab and uh, Bezalel. Dope names. I'm just thinking, if anybody's starting a family, (laughs) those might be two dope names you might want to consider for your kids. A good old Aholiab Jenkins would be, (laughs) I'm just saying. a Bezalel Smith might just <laughs> might be just what this generation needs it's, God's raising up Bezalels I don't know. Um, Moses gave the materials donated uh, by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary but the people get this continue to bring additional gifts each morning when you open up the heart of a giver you can't shut it off yeah. They gave blue, gold, (laughs) they gave some earrings, they gave some purple thread, went home and was like, what else can I give? Got up the next morning and was like, I got another offering for you. They didn't even ask for another offer. They just came in and was like, I want to give you something else. Why? I have the heart to give. I'm ready to give right now. You don't have to ask. You ask one time, I keep coming back with a gift. Why? Because this is just the way I'm wired. I'm ready to give right now. And I know I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to the Lord. So I'm happy to do this. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. Here's what the craftsman said. Can you please tell them to stop giving? (laughs) I think revival would break out in church. If the pastor got up one morning and was like, y'all, oh, I just got to talk to y'all real quick. There's something I need you to stop doing. Everybody's like with bated breath. Oh, my goodness. Is somebody in sin? (laughs) Anytime a prophetic word comes forward, people be like, oh, Jesus, I don't know. Lord, please cover me. And he goes, can y'all stop giving so much? I mean, oh, my gosh. I mean, I told you we needed an offering, but Lord have mercy. Y'all are obnoxious. We got too much blue now. Some of y'all come get this back. So Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women. Don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. You ready to give? Because the sacred offering to the Lord is whatever you have to give to him. There's people that have the capacity in here to write a check for $100,000 and just, huh, I just felt like giving. I know that you're, you're, you're believing God f- to upset the world, and so I wrote a check for $100,000. And somebody else went on push pay and gave $10. And you know what heaven said? Bravo! <clears throat> Look at all the givers in the room. Heaven did not compartmentalize the $100,000 line. From the $10 line, the people that came up and dropped off gold bars for the building of the tabernacle were not celebrated more than the people that came and dropped off blue sweaters. It was all a sacred offering to the Lord. That's the first type of gift we can give to the Lord is a sacred offering. Here's the second sacrificial offering. Now, when I talk about this one, it's going to get a little bit uncomfortable. Because when I talk about sacrificial giving, people start going, please, Lord, don't speak to me. (laughs) Please, Jesus, don't speak to me about nothing sacrificial right now. My whole life is a sacrifice. (laughs) I want to give you a perspective because I want to show you two people that had two, two different perspectives on an offering. Then I want to show you how those two people live in all of us. In John chapter number 12, verse number one, one of the most famous stories in scripture, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Imagine going to dinner a week after you raised your friend from the dead. That's a good dinner. That's a good dinner. (laughs) Dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. and She anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and money given to the poor. Now, I love the writer John, who has no chill in giving the quote of uh, uh, Judas and then giving his own recap of why he would say something like this. Not that he cared for the poor. <laughs> John has no chill. John's like 90 years old writing this, like, "Mm." before I die, y'all gonna know the truth. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Tell it, John. You don't survive the Isle of Patmos and just decide to be discreet, okay? Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. Then he says something that, ooh, I know this is going to really hurt the heart of of some missionaries. You will always have the poor among you. But you will not always have me. I just want you to think about Jesus saying that. This, this, This expensive perfume that's worth a year's wages. I want you to take your annual salary, whatever it might be right now, because annual salary is relative to whatever uh, industry you're in. Take your average, your annual salary right now and imagine going to buy perfume from Dillard's and writing a check for what you make in a year. (laughs) Ain't no amens right now. Y'all are all looking like... (laughs) Keep going. <laughs> Get to your point, bro. Cause I'm not giving my annual salary up. Right? Get to your point. I just want you to imagine going, in, going into the, 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 the Dillard's and, and, and getting the perfume and, and, and writing a check for $62,000 for some perfume and then going to a dinner and a Jewish dude is posted up a week after raising your brother from the dead and you don't use it to spray on yourself you smash the bottle on the ground and start wiping it on his feet That sounds, extri- that sounds extravagant, but, but this is sacrificial. And she does it because she can remember how she felt the week before. Yeah. And with that memory still lodged in her head, she said, I, I have to do something that's a little bit more than sacred. I, I, I want to give something that costs me something. Yeah. I'm going to give an offering that I'm going to feel. Anybody ever given an offering that, that, that was sacrificial? I, I mean, you, you gave it and you were like, ah, Bye. I love you. Anybody ever given a sacrificial offering? You, you, you know it's sacrificial by the way you feel when you give it. You know it's sacrificial the way you respond when you heard him tell you to give it. When you give a sacrificial offering and the Lord says, I want you to give that, you go, um, mm, 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 mm. Satan, how did you get into my, how have you invaded my quiet time? And the Holy Spirit has to kind of walk you through like, so Satan is going to tell you to give something sacrificial to the Lord for the furtherance of his kingdom. And you like, you right, you right. Must be my flesh. It just must be my own. That must be my own flesh. And then the Holy Spirit has to be like, so your stingy self thinks that you told you to give a sacrificial offering? And you're like, you right, you right, you right. Oh, I guess that's you, huh? <laughs> but, but, but here's why sacrificial offerings are often a wrestle. Be- because the Mary in you wants to give the sacrifice. The Judas in you does not. And I'm telling you, when it comes to sacrificial offerings you have to ignore your inner inner Judas. Every single one of us has one. (laughs) Because as soon as the Lord tells you, here's the amount I want you to sow. Here's the amount that I want you to give. I I know it's sacrificial. You might have to move some money around, but this is actually what I want you to do. I'm working on your heart. There's something that that I want to bring into your heart, but it's not going to happen until you get this out of your accounts. And your inner Judas goes, but I could... I could give that money to the poor. Why would I give that all to one place? I mean, that was, that's almost the same as my, our entire family vacation of five last year. Surely you can't be asking me to give up a vacation. Everyone's inner Judas gets real loud when the request becomes sacrificial. And you have to be able to ignore your inner Judas and put it in check the same way Jesus did I love Jesus I love exactly how Jesus did it too because this this woman takes you know 62 grand and goes to dealers gets the perfume puts it on Jesus feet and uh, Judas is loud enough for everyone else to hear it you would think he would have just said it to himself like in his mind he like why are we doing that I mean that should have came into the plate and John's like, so you could have stole it? <laughs> when you're writing about somebody that's foul, you got to have an attitude when you're like, mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm, 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 okay? And here's Jesus' response. Leave her alone. Just shut up. What she's doing it's preparing me for my burial. It's, it's sacrificial. It's something that is not normal. You, you, you may be asked in a lifetime by the Lord to give three sacrificial offerings. This is not something that he's going to ask you to do over and over and over again. Mary wasn't breaking open alabaster boxes every year. And every year at the time of Passover, here come Mary with that alabaster box. Crack. No, it's sacrificial for a reason. It's meant for you to remember it. That's what Jesus said about the whole event. As as far as the the, the stories about me go, this one's always going to be remembered. Why? Because it was special. So in the same way, when you think about a sacrificial offering, you got to understand and know that means that you're going to have to ignore your inner Judas, I'm a giver, I have the gift of giving, I love to give, I don't need a reason to give, I don't need a bad excuse to give, I just give. It's Just the way I'm wired, I've always been like that. I actually got that from my parents, mommy and daddy, I know you're watching, so hi. Uh, my mom, uh, when, when we were young, uh, used to she worked downtown uh, LA at the Parker Center, the main headquarters for the Los Angeles Police Department, and uh, where she got dropped off uh, at the bus station, was like maybe two blocks, two or three blocks uh, from her place of business. Well, where she had to walk in between getting off the bus and getting to Parker Center was right past Skid Row. And so my mom would have me and my brother up at night on an assembly line making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Triple-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Two to a bag, rolled down in a brown paper bag, and she would put it into a larger duffel bag. And when she got off the bus... Every homeless person she saw at 530 in the morning, most of them were still asleep. She would just drop off peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, triple decker. And I remember asking her one day uh, when I was real young, mommy, why? Why is it three pieces of bread? We don't make our sandwiches with three pieces of bread. She said, baby, because when they wake up, they need something that's going to stick to their ribs. And a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Keep more peanut butter. Get more peanut butter on there but then put some more jelly because you don't want them to choke off that peanut butter you just put on there. (laughs) Anybody ever had the ratio off on their peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And you almost dying in the back, like, "Uh." (laughs) right? You just trying to, I'm just trying to get a good swallow, sir, before I can, is the milk here? How come the milk is not, is there any milk here? So, uh, and water don't cut the same. You need milk. And for all those lactose intolerant, you got options there. You got oat and almond and soy and cashews or whatever. But we would make those sandwiches, and she would just drop them off. So, so giving got in me at an early age, and 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 how to give got in me at an early age. If I had money to give, I give money. If I didn't have money, I gave something else. And so, there's a sacred offering that we can present to the Lord and present to others. There's also sacrificial offerings that we present. As well, the last uh, uh, type of giving that I want to talk about and then we're done is extravagant giving. We talked about sacred giving. We talked about sacrificial giving. Now I want to talk about extravagant giving. Because extravagant giving uh, is just that. It's extravagant. It's not a word that we use a lot, um, but uh, there, there are certain gifts that are just extravagant. They're unexpected. You didn't know that they were coming, but then God just moved on somebody's heart and they, give you some, they gave you something that just exceeded your expectations. It was exceedingly abundantly above everything you could have asked or thought. My favorite passage to talk about extravagant giving is actually found in uh, 1 Corinthians. Towards the end of the book, in chapter number 29, starting at the verse, first verse, you, you just got to hear the extravagance that, that David leads with. Uh, in a corporate offering that he wants people to join him in uh, giving to the Lord. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, my son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. And now... Oh, oh, using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. Now, let me just pause right there before we go to the next verse. What I'm about to read you is so extravagant, but I'm gonna tell you why David was able to do this because David had money. Money did not have David. This is not this wasn't in my notes, but I just want to bring up the story, the parable of the rich young ruler who comes up to Jesus and says, hey, I've been following all the stuff that's in the law. I've obeyed my parents. What else do I have to do? And Jesus doesn't sugarcoat anything, nor does he play with this guy's time. He goes straight to the thing that he knows the guy struggles with the most. He says, I want you to sell everything that you have and then you can follow me. And the rich young ruler who initiated the conversation with Jesus wasn't even, a, wasn't even polite enough to, to, to end it properly by saying, you know, thank you for your time, sir. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'll leave now. Scripture says that when Jesus says, hey, if you want to be my disciple, I know you've done this on your checklist, but I need you to sell everything you have and follow me. It says that the rich young ruler bowed his head, turned around, And walked away. If the story ended there, it would have been enough. Here's where Jesus decides to go further and actually turns this guy into an illustrated sermon. And I don't even know if the guy was out of ear range or not. Because I'm an empath, so I, get, I feel sorry for people when they get, like, embarrassed and stuff. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. You know, I can't watch, like, the first two weeks of American Idol. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, other people are entertained by people, by, you know, people getting booed and, and people being told that your grandmama told you wrong, you shouldn't have ever came. <laughs> right? Like, some people, y- y'all think that's good TV. The, I can, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm too much in my feelings. I feel so sorry that someone lied to him. That I literally change the channel until they go off. Like I can't watch it. I, I, I like turn the Food Network and wait two minutes and then come back and be like, oh, "Okay, a good singer." So I, I feel I, I cringe every time I think about this, this story because the guy w- starts walking away and Jesus is like, "It is easier for a camel." I'm like, "Did he hear you, sir?" I can't just imagine walking away like you're already on the slow walk of shame and then you hear it's easier for <laughs> a camera to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to get into heaven. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like how, how, how does this happen? Jesus wasn't after the guy's money. He was after his heart. Yeah. And what he knew is that the guy didn't have money. Money had the guy. I don't think for a moment he was going to tell him to give it all up and not give it all back. But the test is if you have money or if money has you. Because you cannot serve God and money. Now let me tell you how extravagant David's heart was. I am donating More than 112 tons of gold from Ophir. Name the address, sir. I don't even know where that is, but good on you. I don't just got gold. I got gold from Ophir. Deal with that. And 262 tons of of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by craftsmen. (laughs) This question. Now then. Who will follow my example? <laughs> and give offerings to the Lord today. I just want you to imagine. I <laughs> want you to imagine Jeff Bezos walking in. I've heard the vision of upset the world and I'm completely riveted by it. I've also seen how much money the Ross household spends on Amazon. <laughs> How frequent our delivery trucks arrive at their house for things as frivolous as toothbrushes and wipes. I'm going to cut a check for $7 billion. Who will join me? Oh, it's too good. Who will join me in giving today? Then the leader, the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly. Now, now, they did not have as much to give as David, but they all gave according to what they had. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold. 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehao, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely, and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. It's extravagant giving. It's giving that is just above and beyond what you would ever ask or think. But I want to give you David's perspective on his giving and the giving of all those that contributed. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, you choose people and find out who you want to make great and give strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. This next part is really good to me. Oh, Lord, our God. Even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. The next statement is the truest statement. It all belongs to you. So I can't take any credit for the offering I've given as extravagant as it is. In today's economy, it would be billions of dollars that David gave for the building of this temple. And here's what he says. Don't give any credit to me. The only thing I gave is stuff that God gave me. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts, because that's what giving's all about. That you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know, I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously listen over the last five weeks the same thing David said in the last verse that I've read is what I can say about all of you and you all that are watching us online I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly, and joyously. In the last five weeks that we have been in this series, God has unlocked so many people's hearts as it relates to giving. And I'm telling you, it was almost instantaneous from the first weekend where we started to right now. And our giving is, I told you last week it was over like 40%. It may be over that now. Every single weekend of this series, it's gone up like 20%. Which lets me know that y'all are hearing from the Holy Spirit more than you're hearing from me. And I've watched you give willingly and joyously to the Lord. I just want you to know how proud I am of you, but even more, how blessed God is by you that you have money, but money doesn't have you. It's something to be celebrated because when you can break your dependence on money to put your trust in God, then your bank account will never make you feel less than you know whose you are. With a million dollars in the bank, I'm a child of God. With six dollars in the bank, I'm a child of God. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to God. So thank you for being ready to give. Blessed to give. And being a forgiver before you give would you bow your heads and close your eyes what is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message my hope and my prayer is that you could find yourself in the narratives that I shared you may be in a season where you're giving your sacred gifts to the Lord. And again, it doesn't matter whether you wrote a check for a million dollars or you gave five dollars. The fact that you're participating in giving for the kingdom of God to be expanded, all of heaven rejoices with you. Perhaps you're in a season where God is nudging you a little bit. And he's like, I, I want you to give something sacrificial. And maybe you've been arguing with your inner Judas and you keep going back and saying that cannot be the number. There's no way you want me to give that. There's no way you're asking me to give that. But you keep hearing that nudge and you know, it's not the enemy. You know, it ain't you, but it's the Holy spirit saying that there's something precious about a sacrificial gift that you'll have as a memorial for the rest of your life. I just want you to push past that doubt and a little bit of that fear that you have. Push past the voice of Judas to act like Mary. You may be in the season where you're so blessed that you can give extravagantly. And maybe you haven't even thought about what an extravagant offering looks like until I read you this passage, and you went, Oh my goodness. Honey, we can do something like that. God's put it within our power to be able to do something like that. Just pray about it, come into agreement, and whatever God tells you to do, just do it. You'll never go wrong obeying what God tells you to do. And lastly, More than any gold, silver, bronze money that you could give. Your heart and your life is more important than it all. And this weekend, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, it would be the most extravagant gift that you could ever give is your life. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs to give closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Embassy City Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text Embassy City, all one word, to 77977. We pray you had a great week. Thanks for listening today.